1: and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast.
2: This
3: might be college football.
2: Back busy afternoon on this Friday. We thought we'd have a little fun. It's been a serious week. A lot of news making the rounds. So uh, we want to introduce the one and only Michael Bratton Back to the program from the SEC podcast. Brat, uh, what in the world have you been doing? What's going on?
4: Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, maybe the offseason, but as long as Alabama's losing assistant coaches seemingly every week, you know, I, I got a lot to talk about over here, Paul, so I'm doing good.
2: Yeah, I don't want to act like I don't pay attention, but sometimes you get distracted. But then I hear from my Alabama friends, what's what's up with brad why does he hate us so much so let's first of all talk about what you've said about alabama recently before we uh, go in for the kill
4: right well i got to be honest with you paul i was jumping on the bandwagon i like the hire of kalen DeBoer. i thought you know, just looking at his resume talking to people in the coaching industry this is top five coach in all of college football it's there's nothing on his resume that doesn't say say he's an excellent football coach so Given, I realize they've lost some players, but still, what he has, he's got a top 10 roster. I thought Alabama, they're going to be fine, national championship contender. But the fact that he's lost his offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, he tried to hire a linebacker's coach at the 11th hour, went to Tennessee. I mean, this does not speak of a coach that is in full command down there in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, you know, we can't write him off before the first spring practice or anything, Paul, but uh, I'm beginning to waver on my confidence what Kalen DeBoer will do down there at Alabama?
2: Yeah, and you know some Alabama fans, as I'm sure you know, uh, you know push back and say, "Well, well, DeBoer's the offensive genius." True or not? Ryan Grubb's been part of this system for a very long time, and uh, and the offensive line coach put together one of the best offensive lines in the country. So while you were high, what three or four weeks ago you were always high, but I'm talking about on, on the Crimson Tide. Um, where are you now?
4: Well, I still think they're going to be very good, Paul. And, and I've said this before. I've said it uh, on Jock's Network here about a week or two ago. I, I think Caleb O'Board will probably win a national championship in the first two or three seasons that he's down there in Alabama. But if he doesn't, Paul, I think he's going to be gone. So I, it's going to be boom or bust for me because the, with the talent he's inherited, again, with his resume, I think this is a, a lethal combination. At, but – the future of alabama he's not going to be able to recruit to the level nick saban did they don't get that Saban bump now in the nil world so i i don't i'm not feeling optimistic about the future of alabama but for now i think alabama is in position to to win big
2: so what what would you uh say the first season looks like
4: i mean he's got to go at least 10 and 2 11 and 1 i think to to kind of calm the waters if he goes eight and four I don't think he makes year three. I don't even know if he makes year two at eight and four, Paul. So, uh, surely they won't pull the plug that quickly. But now, if, if, Michael, I don't want to go Mike Griffith on you here, but, <laughs> but I mean, are you serious? With the talent he's got, Paul, I mean, who's going to beat him? I think Georgia, I mean, that's fair to say maybe Georgia can beat him, but that game is in Tuscaloosa. At Tennessee, are Alabama fans worried about Josh Heupel in Tennessee? Of course, they did lose last time they went to Neyland Stadium, but I think they would say no, LSU, it is at LSU. Aside from those games, what games is Alabama going to lose? And, you know, these are the games that Alabama fans expect to win. So, no, I think he should be winning 10, 11 games right out the gate. He said it the other day. We nearly won the national championship at Washington. We nearly won the national championship here in Tuscaloosa. Let's join forces. Let's do it. Well, talk is cheap. Put it on the field. you got to win 10 or 11 games for me, I think.
2: Now, I don't really understand that, and, and I, I don't want to act like I've never been there before, okay? I spent most of my life watching uh, Alabama football from, from very close range, but, but I, I don't really understand in the world. We had Hayes on the other day. said the very same thing, um, obviously listening to your podcast, but why in the age of the playoff, which we're now in, the 12-team playoff, why do you have to go 11-1? and
4: well, I, I don't think anybody really knows what it's going to look like, Paul, and, and that's why I'm so fascinated by this upcoming season with a 12-team model, with no divisions in the SEC, with Oklahoma and Texas coming into this conference. So there's just so many variables, so many unknowns, but I think you got to win that 11, 10 games because uh, we just don't know at this point in time how many SEC teams are realistically going to be there, but... I mean, we're all optimistic in the offseason, right, Paul? I mean, there's, there's about seven SEC teams that think they're going to win 10 games, even though that's not going to happen. That's where everybody thinks they're going to be. Uh, but if you win nine, I think you're putting yourself in a position to, to not make it. And I think even 10 and two, depending on who those two losses are to, you may not make the cut in a 12-team model.
2: So if you had to guess right now in the SEC, uh, are you going with Georgia, Texas, Alabama? Who is it?
4: I think uh, I don't necessarily get the Texas hype. I get it. They won the Big 12. That's kind of like the Junior League. Let's see what they do in a real league. And and I know people mock the schedule they have. They still got to play Georgia, got to go to A&M. I'm not ready to say Texas is going to be in the playoff. Now, happy to be proven wrong. I'm I'm not a big believer in Steve Sarkeesian as an elite coach. But certainly Georgia is going to be in that mix. I think Missouri, given their schedule, I think they're going to make a playoff run. Ole Miss, they should be there. That final spot, I think it comes down to Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, one of those three, and and I don't know that the SEC gets more than four, if they even get that fourth.
2: Mike, hold, hold on for just a second because I want to get your reaction uh, to uh, some some breaking news uh, right now. Uh, as we are, we've been, we asked uh, Topmeyer this, and uh, we had not heard, but we have heard now, and this is a major story. You need to pay attention because. The NCAA as we know it may be done. The uh, judge in East Tennessee has granted a preliminary injunction suspending NCAA rules regarding name, image and likeness benefits for athletes and indirectly easing the stress on the University of Alabama. This is according to Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Who has been covering it as a major victory of course it will be appealed but it is still a major victory for the attorney generals in tennessee and virginia this is a a ruling by eastern district judge clifton corker who found the nil rules caused irreparable damage to athletes Uh, michael we have been waiting for this for some time now this has been a case that has has been going back and forth Uh, it you tell me, but it seems like uh, this will now be appealed. It, it may very well go all the way up to the Supreme Court, but this is a, a, a death blow, is it not, to the NCAA?
4: Yeah, I don't know much about uh, Judge Corker, Paul, but he, he seems like an outstanding man in my opinion. So yeah, what is the NCAA? Like Oh, for 100 in their last uh, big court cases? Uh, this was inevitable, I thought. And I mean, how are you going to punish people for things that weren't against the rules at the time they did it? And yeah, just another death knell for the NCAA. I thought it was hilarious. They took the the NCAA name off the, the college football video game because we, we all know it. By the time that game comes out in July, the NCAA may no longer be in, in existence. So uh, this to me was expected. Everyone's bending or breaking the rules, however you want to say it, in NIL. But this is just the latest in a long line of defeats by the NCAA. And I thought it was foolish of them. To come after Tennessee in the fashion they did, and how strong—not only everyone associated with Tennessee, but local and state government—came at the NCAA, you just knew that they were going to fall down like the—they're uh, th- not a house of bricks, Paul. They're—they're they're just mud and sticks at this point in time.
2: Yeah, I was somewhere this week uh, where uh, a lot of the top people from the NCAA enforcement division were. Um, they were having a meeting at the same place I was at, and, and Michael. They're they're all well-meaning people, but they're living in a different decade, uh, and this ruling is just going. This is just going to open the floodgates, and and, and listen, uh, this will be this will spend considerable time in the court system. But uh, it is interesting because Donde Plowman uh, took a chance when she uh, made that trip uh, down to the courthouse, but it looks like it's paying off.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Again, they let the NCAA, they opened the door for them last time when they wanted Pruitt gone. They didn't want to pay them. That was a genius move. They've done a complete 180 this time around, and I think it was the right move again because I think Tennessee possibly would have got hit with uh, the repeat offender clause, so to speak. So, yeah, I I love to see this. I, I don't think the NCAA's got any purpose in college football. I have no idea what in the world they're doing with their these archaic rules. And uh, I, for one, will be happy, Paul, when they're no longer nosing their business into uh, SEC football.
2: Hey, by the way, uh, Michael, uh, before you go, uh, I looked at <laughs> as that story was breaking and you were talking about Alabama. He's already run off. Uh, he was apparently afraid. Uh, I looked down at the collar board and do you have any idea who showed up who wanted to take you on?
4: Probably my friend, Larry,
2: Larry from Shelby was on the call <laughs> and I, I, I literally, I, they were telling me the story was breaking, so I couldn't go to him. And by the time I looked down, naturally, Larry ran away, but, uh, it was, uh, it was too bad.
4: The lost Larry, Paul. I mean, he's losing everybody down there.
2: Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm really interested because, uh, we'll get back to the, the, uh, Tennessee case in a few minutes and we have Adam Sparks coming on later, but this whole nick saban dichotomy Uh, saban shows up saturday at the basketball game i mean just like a run-of-the-mill saturday game i mean everybody's going crazy and then he has his dinner on on monday night and he once again is the center of attention and i mean i i don't know what you think but every time i mean this this idea that nick saban is going to be an advisor i think doesn't make a lot of sense does it because He's just going to suck every, I mean, the oxygen and, and the and the interest and, and everything out of the room.
4: Right. Maybe they can zoom from his uh, million dollar mansion there on the water from Florida during camp to help out. But uh, I, I just don't know how help, helpful that will be, Paul. And, you know, th- that is something that's not being discussed enough. But all the elite players that he did bring in there on the defensive side of the ball, now they're going to be playing under a completely different system. They they ruined the chance to to retain T Rob that maybe could have alleviated some of those concerns, but this could be a new era. I think it's going to be you know kind of what we we see in, at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, Tennessee under Josh Heupel, high scoring, poor defense. I don't know how how fired up Alabama fans will be for that. Kirby Smart obviously going a different yeah, direction. Yeah, I hate, he,
2: I hate to interrupt, uh, Mike. We have a, a, another huh? breaking story here. Um, are you there, caller? Yeah, baby.
3: <laughs> You're on with the brat. <laughs> what's up, Larry? Hey, hey, what's up, brat? How's it going? I hey, ain't doing good, man. I went through that hundred. Mm. I need some more <laughs> money, man. Come on, talk some trash now. Let's, let's talk it now. What are you on bet? Come on, baby. I still ain't got my beer, but I I know you can't mail that. I just we need to get together Well, Larry, we uh, he, he, he just said
2: a minute ago that he thought tennis, uh, the Alabama situation, uh, that, that they conceivably could get rid of DeBoer after one year. I, I don't believe that, I think you're I, saying
3: that. The Alabama fans would not get fired up. What you talking about, man? Fired up? They're my ass right now. Woo! I'm ready to do <laughs> it, man. I I tell you what, boy, you you just misjudge. We some badass fans. we're the baddest fans on the planet, Jack. I mean Mars would be scared of us. We are the baddest. You talking that trash about all that, man, Come on, put some money up, baby, Put some money up 100 again.
4: You want your hundred back. Absolutely. What are we bet? How about 100 bucks? Georgia beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa by 10 points?
3: Yeah, let's do two hundred. Hell, boy, you guys, I see you bought the new shirt. Hell, you must have got some money from somewhere. Now, yeah, you uh, did. Yes, yeah. Come hey, on, uh, hey, Larry. I may, up, I may, boy, I, uh, I may join go. this
2: conversation. I may join Brad on this, on this bet. You will
5: You well, want to be ready?
3: You're gonna be suckered in because listen,
2: we in the Fox hole, baby. We're ready. Okay. Well, hey, uh, scared not out, hey Brad, before you uh, you got this guy cousin with cousin Vinny whatever his name is that you do the show cousin with. Shane cousin uh-huh. Shane, why don't you why don't you fire him and hire Larry? Don't you think it would be a better deal? <laughs> I'm considering. I mean, he's more accurate uh, yeah, on his predictions I've been
3: than I am. You got on his show.
2: What do you think? You <laughs> well, on uh, uh, one got of on our callers yesterday Insinua- when you jump up
3: out of cornfield,
2: yeah, hey, Larry. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Larry I'm trying to get you a good deal here. Be quiet. Um, <laughs> okay, buddy. Of, on. the, somebody accused us of paying callers, which we don't. But what would you? What would be a Come good on. salary for Larry to do this show with you?
4: How about a, a six pack per episode? I take over the
3: show. I'm sorry, Brent. <laughs> I would take it. They would be on your ass. <laughs> They'll be running you down the road with a cane. Whoop! Get out of here, boy. We got somebody
2: now. Okay, Larry, hey, Larry yeah. we have to get back to regular programming. Larry. Larry, Larry, we have to get back to regular programming, but uh, thanks for calling, uh, Brad. Thank
3: you Brad. Come on with that cheese, baby. rat needs some.
2: Whoa! <laughs> we love you, man. You're a good guy to take all this crap.
4: I <laughs> appreciate hey, uh, you, Larry. Hey,
2: uh, hey Brad, seriously, where else, where else, what other shows can you go on where you get treated like that?
4: Oh, I mean, this is by far the, the only one that, that I can experience something like this, so I do appreciate it.
2: Michael Bratton, thank you. We'll see you soon. Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast. More on the breaking news of the day, which is significant. I mean, we were having fun there, but uh, this is uh, as big a blow to the NCAA as they have felt maybe in, uh, in the enforcement department's history. We'll take a short break. We are back after this.
1: Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hims subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at himscom paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com slash Paul. Hard are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
5: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show
2: podcast. Back as uh, we continue here, and uh, let's uh, get some more calls after uh, and some more reaction to that uh, big ruling in Tennessee in a few minutes. So let's check in with Frank in Georgia. Hey, Frank. Hey, Paul. How you doing today? We are doing great. Thank you.
3: Great. Well, yeah, I uh, I was kind of shocked that. Um, Eli Gold is leaving, and uh, I just I wanted to call and pay a little bit of a tribute to him because he was always amazing, very iconic, similar, you know, in the, in the same way to, uh, you know, not as good as Larry Munson, but but he was he was on up there, and I just want to do a little impersonation of uh, Eli Gold, and uh, sure. just maybe later you can tell me where Eli Gold is from because he definitely doesn't sound like he's from Uh
2: He grew up right, in uh, he grew up in Brooklyn.
3: Oh, okay, I got you. That makes sense. All right, here we go. I am going to do a little bit of uh, Eli light here. Here we go. All right. Hand me back. right? It That's what
4: I
2: got, Paul. Thank you, Frank, and, um, and get some water cuz you're going to need it. Um, <laughs> Bobby is up next. Hello, Bobby. Good afternoon.
5: Mr. Feinbaum. I would like to be one of your frequent callers living up here in the northernmost southern state of our great union. Absolutely. I appreciate your expertise, and I wanted to tell you that I love the SEC. I'm not a individual fan. I'm just a fan of the SEC, but I've been doing some research, and I'd like to professionally banter with you. <laughs> well, please. One would be... I am appalled at the fact that the scheduling is showing that your great school of Alabama is not playing the great school of Mississippi. Number two, where in the world is Mercer? And number two, why are we playing Western Kentucky? If we're the best, and you have said it many times, and I have proof that you have said it, that the SEC, and I agree, is the best football conference. Why are we playing? What's the matter, you? Well, Instead of
2: uh, yeah, playing to, Mississippi, we're uh, playing a school uh, Bobby, that has sp- come to the if conference. Bobby, let me explain. Thank you for the, for the call. Uh, the SEC had to come up with a temporary schedule uh, because uh, it has eight games and there was some conversation that it would go to nine. There was already a schedule ready. Um, the the goal was to make it very uh heady and and really the the premier game that was decided on was alabama georgia to do that uh, and also to make sure everyone in the sec with texas and oklahoma played either one home or away they they had to do some adjusting Um, and they did and to get where they they needed to be to make it balanced. They had to lose some games that we are used to seeing, like Alabama and Ole Miss, uh, like others. So that's how they ended up uh, with the schedule. It is a two-year schedule, that is all it is. And it will be repopulated in two years after that. We have some breaking news, as we've said, the judge has granted an injunction in the Tennessee versus the NCAA case. What does it mean? It means, at least for the time being, that the NCAA has no jurisdiction over NIL. They, of course, will appeal. Uh, It will be up to a judge to determine exactly uh, how that goes. But for now, it is uh, is free and open, and uh, Tennessee has won the most critical first round in this battle. It will continue for many, many months, if not years. Amanda Christovich, From front office will join us next with her analysis.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
2: must
1: be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details you're listening to the paul feinbaum show podcast
2: welcome back Uh, on a very busy day where uh, news is breaking this is from austin price uh, from the uh, ruling in knoxville without the give and take of a free market student-athlete simply This is from the judge, Judge Corker. Without the give and take of a free market, student athletes simply have no knowledge of their true NIL value. It is this suppression of negotiating leverage and the consequential lack of knowledge that harms student athletes, Judge Corker. By the way, this is not really a surprise considering uh, Corker in his original decision, uh, in his original response to uh, a request, uh, did not uh, telegraph his move here. this is going to be appealed at some point. Uh, however, uh, in the interim, uh, this is shooting down, or striking down with the, with the NCAA is currently and, and poorly trying to enforce. Amanda uh from front office who has been on the front line of this uh, since the beginning. Uh, Amanda, thanks for the time. This is breaking news. I realize a lot of us a lot of people like you have not had a chance to do a lot of digestion and reporting. But uh, hello, thank you for for joining us. And we are Eagerly awaiting your reaction.
6: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and and you got me before uh, my story has even been published. It's it's going through the editing process now, but I will tell you what my immediate reaction to this is. As you said, the ruling will probably be appealed. I just confirmed with some amazing sports lawyers who always call me back immediately that um, in Tennessee, an appeal process generally is possible. Um, but what jumps out to me is like pay-for-play is on Um, this is if you are in a state that uh, does not have a state NIL law prohibiting um, NIL deals being used as inducements go right ahead and uh, use them as inducements until further notice that's uh, that's essentially what this ruling is saying
2: and Amanda uh it is significant because we both know the NCAA is in another, forget time zone, another, uh, another stone age, frankly, when it comes to, <laughs> to dealing with this based on what we talked about the last time with Charlie Baker. Uh, what, I, I realize you're, you're just trying to piece all this together, and we'll talk to some uh, sports attorneys later as the evening goes on, but uh, what can the NCAA do now, if anything, other than just go to court and try to, try to delay and delay?
6: Yeah, I mean they can appeal. Um, I look, what they did with the last um, case that was similar to this a few months ago over transfer restrictions, if you remember that, they sort of like threw up their hands, um, and they didn't even wait for a preliminary injunction saying that they wouldn't be able to enforce. Uh, transfer restrictions. They just agreed that for the rest of the season, um, you know, they would let any athlete transfer at any point for any reason um, and that they would assess, you know, the, the rest of the seasons going forward, they would probably, you know, wait to see um, if that case went to trial, et cetera, et cetera. I, I mean, they could do that here at least to provide some clarity um, for the athletes in the schools. But I mean, this is again, this is their worst nightmare, right? This is allowing pay for play. So I don't see why they would want to do that. I don't see how they could do that. Um, but what I do know, and, and what I assume, and it's already been happening, is that if you're a state legislature, uh, state, state legislator, and you're looking at this decision right now, and you find yourself in a state that has Um, an NIL law prohibiting pay for play, you better get that uh, law off the books immediately, like now, like yesterday, because the lack of transfer um, restrictions coupled with this lack of NIL restrictions means that the state by state recruiting is just going to be, I think, you know, the competition is going to be at a level we've never seen in terms of, you know, parity is going to be out the window and it's not for the haves and the have nots. It's for what state you're in and what the rules are.
2: Talking to Amanda Christovich about this uh, really, really monumental ruling. We, it literally just happened. We've been waiting for it for a, a couple of weeks. Uh, Amanda, I realize uh, we haven't heard from the NCAA yet. And, and we, 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 there are no. a lot of court cases going on and we always hear the same, we will appeal. It doesn't mean very much other than that's your constitutional right. But uh, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to ask you to do something that won't be easy. But knowing these people, you've spent enough time lingering around uh, courtrooms outside. Uh, what do you think they're going to say and attempt to do?
6: Long pause. I, I think this is just my pure speculation. I don't think that the folks at the NCA, particularly under this new regime of Charlie Baker, are as high in the sky and ignorant as perhaps previous groups were. I think they recognize that this is an inevitability. I think their strategy continues to be, and Charlie Baker said this, they're going to take this ruling to Congress and they're going to bang down. Every, they, this is going to be their five alarm fire you know, stop dealing with the war in Ukraine, stop dealing with the war in Gaza, and fix college sports for us right now because look at what's happening with our, you know, <laughs> NIL restrictions. I mean, I-, I literally think that that's what they're going to be doing, at least behind the scenes. But, you know, I think Charlie Baker's proposal, and we've t- you and I have talked about this before, he admitted in that proposal that players need more compensation. So I think he understands, and again, I'm not in his head, It seems like he understands that this is where things are going he's just trying to drag along a lot of the people who still refuse to accept it and what i mean by that is like the ncaa national office isn't the only group to blame for the reason that we are where we are in college sports you know there were a lot of college administrators at the university level who were criticizing his proposal saying it was too radical so the ncaa has to contend with the membership some of whom are mad at at it for not doing enough, and some of it, <laughs> some some are mad that they are doing too much. Um, and if I could point out one more thing before um, I forget, because I saw this at, at the bottom of the um, page 13 of this 13 page uh, ruling, they the ruling also prohibits the NCA from using or from enforcing its rule of restitution which is a pretty wild rule that basically says that if a court makes a ruling about an NCAA rule, and then a player follows the court ruling and then that court ruling is overturned, the NCAA can retroactively punish the player. Court says NCAA can't do that. Um, So I just wanted to point that out because that was a big question about the transfers is if a ruling was overturned with an athlete who chose to play um, and then was deemed ineligible. Would they lose a year of eligibility? Um, so this the, this judge clearly is making sure that the NCA has no enforcement power whatsoever.
2: Amanda, I realize you're the guest and I'm just a talk show host, but I'm going to try to answer your question a minute ago, because you said something okay. very interesting. Uh, if you had gone to Congress yesterday or maybe a couple of months ago, the chance of let's 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 use Tennessee as 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 our guinea pig here. It would be very likely that the Tennessee legislators in Congress, and in the Senate, would more than likely be on the side of the institutions in trying to curtail NIL money uh, in, in terms of, of an NIL bill that that would keep things within a certain limitation. But after what happened mm-hmm. in Tennessee, if you're if you're a representative in Knoxville or the, or a senator there, uh, you're going to go with the students now. So I, I, I think this has almost killed the, the idea of, of Congress enacting something because this is not a five alarm fire. This is, there's nothing more important to a politician than its constituency. And we are seeing in Tennessee and elsewhere, the constituencies don't really care anymore. They're not, they're, they're not that excited about putting restrictions on students. They, 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 they're okay with this free market system. And uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I read it based on what I've seen in Knoxville.
6: You know, I don't disagree with you and to we're just going to get political here, right? Because then the then the the other thing I'm thinking about is is there is and I believe I've seen some polls about this about a, a demographic divide with age group. So you know, I do wonder like if the federal legislature legislators if they're looking at Um, saving college sports, especially the ones in the red states um, who have, you know, signed on to really restrictive legislation over NIL. I wonder if they are vying for a certain demographic in their states that may, you know, be spoon fed this narrative that NIL is going to kill college sports and believing it. Versus maybe a younger generation right. or a generation of 18-year-olds of players, right? So I don't know. I think it just comes down to who they think is going to vote. Maybe I don't know. Well, but we, I, you need to get a I, I, think, I think the problem is that where May.
2: where the red states are would have been more the most likely. And I, I know there's some there's some contradictory evidence, but you would have expected uh, blue states to be more in favor of player rights. Then, but but now I don't I don't think it's good politics to try to restrict the earnings of an athlete, which in in essence makes your state university more challenged in trying to go out and get them, in spite of what all these coaches say. Uh, I don't think anyone's really listening mm-hmm. to Nick Saban or uh, or anyone else for that matter. I mean, it, it's this judge just did the dirty work for everyone.
6: Absolutely, and and the only other thing. Not the only. I have about 5 million things <laughs> that I want to say. But the other thing is, like, this is immediate, right? Like, this is happening, this is going to happen, like, right now. Whereas some of the other cases that we've talked about of other judges, as you said, doing the dirty work, you know, Dartmouth being, men's basketball players being called employees, being allowed to unionize, there are other federal cases, like, those are kind of grinding through, right? I'm going to Dartmouth in two weeks to see their union election, but like this, a preliminary injunction, this happens right now. Um, so that's why I was saying like, maybe the NCA will go to Congress and call it a five alarm fire. But I think you're right. I mean, if you're ultimately looking at your local constituency, you know, uh, and then may- maybe there's a state versus federal uh, legislator divide. I don't know because the state legislators have, as you know, really, like cut down on these restrictions they've been rolling back their nil laws since like 2022 so um yeah i think you're right i don't think i I have seen i have seen
2: in uh i've seen state elections i lived in alabama when this happened uh there was a guy running for governor and he was somewhat joking but he was somewhat serious because he was an auburn man and his father uh played at auburn uh, he's, he made some reference that Nick Saban makes too money, much money and, you know, he ought to be fired or uh, whatever it was. We, we were able to make a big deal about it because we're a talk show, not a serious political outlet. <laughs> and the guy missed the runoff. He was the favorite. We, th- this guy literally lost the election based on the stupid comment about Nick Saban, whatever it was. It's been 12 years. Um, that can happen in, in, in a place like Knoxville, where University of Tennessee football is more impor- important than than identity politics, uh, as well as all the other places. So I, anyway, I don't, I don't mean to uh, to inject uh, a political mindset because I don't think we really know for sure. But we are in, as they say, uncharted territory as as of this hour.
6: Absolutely, and and I just want to add on that because I think you're so right. Remember when um, Donald Trump tried to say that he had single-handedly brought the big 10 football season back during COVID, right? Like there's a reason he said that it was because, you know, there are swing States in the big 10 and he was hoping that that would move the needle for him. And, you know, as you said, there's evidence that, that it could maybe. Um, So I think that everyone I think if you're a local constituency, you're going to be looking really closely at what your legislators are saying about this ruling and saying about the future of college sports, because every lawmaker wants to claim they know how to fix it because they all think that's going to help them get reelected. Right. Um, So whereas over the last year or two, maybe people, their eyes were glazing over when, you know, they're reading my articles about all these random federal bills coming out, you know. Maybe they're going to start paying closer attention.
2: Well, Amanda, uh, by the way, good news for you. Your story was just posted on, on front office sports. So
6: we, <laughs> breaking uh, news. My story about the breaking news was posted. We, Thank we, you want, so we want
2: to be uh, a good, uh, good citizens here and make sure everybody knows that. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. I realize it's, it's a breaking story. and You have more reporting to do, but we always enjoy having you on.
6: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Amanda Christovich. on the breaking news at this hour that uh, the tennessee case against the ncaa got a thumbs up from a federal judge in east tennessee it will be appealed we have naturally not heard anything about from the ncaa because i think they usually take fridays off uh, in their in their new 20 hour two day a week uh, schedule we'll take a short break right after this we'll back after this
1: now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team Go to Shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com slash network.
5: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back. Uh,
2: Random Marcelo, top of the hour as uh, we continue to unpack uh, the case in Tennessee. Uh, other things are going on. And uh, let's get back to uh, Bill in Florida. Hey, Bill. Good afternoon. Hey, Coach Paul. Thank you, for uh, I want to talk
0: about the uh, college game day.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh,
0: my wife, we were looking at the game day show last year, and my uh, wife said, Who's that guy with a black t shirt on, black tank top, and his arms up, and all his.
2: Uh, that's Pat arms McAfee. Here.
0: And uh, did you realize you caused a wardrobe change after that?
2: No. What happened?
0: You were the instigator, yeah. Well, he was always wearing that black tank top. He had no sport coat on. I said so he looks very unprofessional. And then about two weeks later, they made him start wearing a sport coat <laughs> after he made a statement <laughs> on your
2: on your show. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, so I'm I sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Pat's bosses is really uh, probably don't even know I exist.
0: Well, somebody noticed. I was. I'm sure I'm not the only I heard his ratings are way down anyway. I was looking him up and. Well, he was a wrestler, yeah, he's not, a, he was a he
2: is very popular among certain demos.
0: Right, well, he he needs to put a beanie on and be part of the Gen Z uh, crowd, I guess. But uh,
2: I think that's I, pretty, pretty, I think State that's old for his demo.
0: Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, he's a little older. You got to be twenty, up to twenty-six on Gen okay. Z. But I, I knew what? I knew why. I didn't know why I
2: missed that. <laughs> that's funny. So anyway, I, I was. Well, oh, yeah, I, I think I think you you, so. Too. You'll have Saban, who will be seventy, whatever, seventy-three by then. You'll have Corso, who's eighty-nine. He'll be eighty-nine. So McAfee's. They're 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 they're. They got to get some young demos on that show. I mean, Herb Street's close to uh, sixty. So. uh, Well, yeah. I was going to suggest to him put in a
0: suggestion box. They need to get a uh, change it every couple of weeks and maybe have. Uh, Charles Barkley on, he's funny as hell, and he's, he's just as controversial.
5: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.